hope this morning that I can comfort your hearts and encourage you in the Lord and in your Christian journey. When I was a pastor, I often got my sermons from the needs of the flock, their observation of what was happening in their lives and what they needed, and often what I preached had to do with that. And more often than not, they were my needs too. Uh, that needed addressing. And as you will see today as we go along in our sermon, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to us and addressing the needs that I have this morning in my life also. And while what I plan to share may not qualify technically as a sermon or as preaching, I do hope that it will encourage and strengthen your hearts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day, the privilege to be up and about and to enjoy your world. Thank you for that. Thank you for the privilege to be in your house this morning with your people, and thank you for the privilege to worship you, to sing your songs, and to fellowship with one another, and to just reach out with our hearts to heaven praise and honor and worship our Lord and Savior. We pray, Father, that you would just take charge of our feeble efforts to say a word or two to this people. You know how weak we are spiritually and mentally and emotionally, physically even this morning. You know how much we lack in the capacity to say what ought to be said, but we lean on you this morning so heavily. Empower us with your presence, overshadow us with your spirit, and just enable us, Father, to make a difference in the lives of these people. Let them leave somehow encouraged in their Christian walk and determined not to give up and to quit, but to keep on keeping on. We love you. We thank you for your love for us. We expect this morning that you shall be with us we minister and as we minister to, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> My scripture this morning is taken from Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21, familiar passages to you, you read your Bible through so regularly. We're in a setting where Moses had been up on Mount Sinai. Has communed with the Almighty and has come down and back among the people and now he's about ready to go up again and the people of course are frightened by all the thunders and the lightness, lighting and the blackness of Sinai and they back away. The Bible speaks of them being afar, standing afar off. Uh, and Moses has to go back in up Mount Sinai and into that fearsome sight and sound. And three verses here kind of tell us about it, but that is the setting where these come from. Exodus 20 and 18, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. 
And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. These last several words of Exodus 20 and 21 are our topic this morning. The thick darkness where God was. This thought comes to my heart and mind, reading behind the writings of James Stewart, the book that I have at home and had for many years. But it is a scripture text this morning and not his writings that we address the thick darkness where God was. This statement on the surface is a paradox. It, it doesn't make sense. It's full of contradictions. God is light. He hates darkness. John 1, 1 John 1, 5 said, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And yet we've got this passage, the thick darkness where God was. In 1 Peter 2, 9, Peter says, Show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, For God who commanded the light to shine in our hearts, shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. John 3.19 says, Men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. But Yahweh loves light. I suppose he hates darkness. And so we have this paradox in Exodus, the thick darkness where God was. This, of course, was a natural darkness. The people saw it and were afraid. I should correct that, I guess. It wasn't a natural darkness. It was a supernatural darkness caused by the Almighty there on Mount Sinai. But this morning, my little sermon is not about physical darkness, but it is about darkness. It is about the spiritual, the emotional, and the mental darkness that sometimes envelops our souls. And leaves us, leave us, leaves us groping around, kind of like blind people. A darkness that causes us, as it were, to be in a heavy fog and unable to see, not naturally, unable to think clearly and unable to function, unable to muster enough strength to kind of lift our heads and go on. That's the thick darkness I speak with us about this morning. This darkness of which I speak often results from the troubles in our lives, the heartaches, the discouragements, the difficulties, the failures, and on and on we could go with the things that give us difficulty in this life and break our hearts and cause us trouble, sap the joy out of our souls, and leave us heartbroken and sad. We might could ask this morning what caused such, causes such darkness to cover our lives. And again, the answer could be many things. Sin is certainly one thing that envelops our lives in its darkness if we let it get a hold of us. 
When we turn our backs on our Lord and we go our own self-chosen ways, we walk straight into this darkness of sin that covers us with its blackness. I think about the Apostle Peter when he denied Jesus. And he went out and it's kind of significant that he said he went out into the night. Or does it say that? But it was night, the trial of Jesus. And he went out into the night, into the natural darkness. But it was the darkness of sin, of his having denied his master, that smothered his heart in its blackness and caused Peter to weep bitterly there in those early morning hours. Can you this morning imagine the thick darkness that enveloped his soul? The guilt of having denied his master? The shame and the heartache that was Peter's as he wept there in the night? But my sermon to us this morning is not about the thick darkness of sin. Nevertheless, I know Peter's heart was covered with that. But I know also that God was with him in that thick darkness. I know, Sister Sharon, because God forgave him. Jesus later made him one of the foremost apostles. Gave him the keys to the kingdom. And we would say, hey, hey, Lord, don't you want to think about that again? But God was in the thick darkness that enveloped Peter's soul that night, and he brought him out of it. And this morning, this is my testimony too. When I, Brother David, have detoured from the straight and narrow, when I've decided to go on my own and on my own way and my own will, when I've yielded to my own lust and have sinned against the Lord, The darkness of sin has smothered the joy of the Lord in my life. I stand here before you to testify as an old man that it was always a thick darkness where God was. When I've been careless and indifferent and wandered from His presence into this darkness, Jesus, Yeshua, has slipped along in the shadows of my life, wiping the tears that I brought to his eyes because I had broken his heart, waiting and hoping for me to come to my senses and turn away from my sin and come back to him. It always was a thick darkness where God was. When I had beaten a path back to him, or if I might speak more plainly, when I, Brother Gary, had found an altar somewhere, got on my knees and repented of my sin. The darkness has always fled away. The light of His presence has invaded my soul again. While this morning we're not talking about the sins that sap our joys, nevertheless, let us be mindful of Paul's exhortation to the Ephesians in 5 and 11 after having listed so many sins. He says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Instead of talking about this morning the power that sin has to darken our lives, I'd like to talk about the thick darkness that just life and living sometimes brings to our hearts and lives. Just going through every day in the journey of life. The ups and the downs, the hard places, 
along with a few easy ones, but just life and living this morning, and the thick darkness that often in life we find our place in. We may not have done anything to cause this thick darkness, but suddenly there it is covering our souls, leaving us unable to function and carry on and go on. Somebody asked me this morning how I was coming with my other book, and I said, I haven't worked on it since Betty Sue died. And there's the feeling in my soul that I can't. There's a, there's a darkness there that just don't let, won't let me focus or something. Uh, I think about the darkness that enveloped the prophet Jeremiah. He was so discouraged by life, by living and all that was happening to him. He said in Jeremiah 20 and 14, Cursed be the day wherein I was born. Now, he was down and out, Sister Heather. He had all he could take. Let not the day wherein my mother bear me be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A man-child is born unto thee, making him very glad. Wherefore came I forth out of the womb to see labor and sorrow, that my days should be consumed with shame. Whatever else Jeremiah had experienced in his life right now, he was in a thick darkness. It was covering his soul and invading his heart. The darkness was so thick that he was at the point of quitting. He threw with this preaching stuff. He threw with trying to help the people to do right. It was finished with it. He said, that famous passage in Jeremiah 29, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, that is Yahweh, nor speak any more in his name. I'm done. The darkness had so enveloped him. But this morning in my sermon, it was a thick darkness where God was. And I know it was a thick darkness where God was because Brother Matthew, he continues that verse by saying, But his word was in my heart as a burning fire. Shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. He is saying there, I just had to keep preaching. And he did, as you well know. I think about my own life and when my church closed. A church that I had labored in from boyhood and pastored for decades. There wasn't ever a very good pastor or it wouldn't have closed. But it was the darkest of nights. Bed and Sue and my hearts were broken and crushed to pieces. But it was a thick darkness. Brother Jeff, where God was. And when she and I looked at what God had done with us afterwards, the direction in which He took us afterwards, both of us were able to look back and to know that it was a thick darkness where God was. I think about the Apostle Paul in Second Timothy. Saying something like this at first, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. What a dark day. Paul had many of them. And you and I this morning who are preterist Christians, we know know a little bit about being forsaken by others. We know a little bit about that, what Paul was experiencing. We know about the heartache 
and the hurt and the grief and the darkness that comes sometimes with standing for the truth. But Paul continued, here in my sermon, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That is my message this morning, that Paul was in a thick darkness, forsaken by everybody, but the Lord stood with him. God was in his darkness. That's my message to us this morning, in the dark places in our lives, when life gets us down. I'm not talking about sinful stuff or or other kind of things that might bring problems in our lives, just everyday living, the ups and the downs of what we have to face and go through in this world. It's a darkness for us where God is. This morning, if you're his child, if you call Yahweh Father, or as my precious friends Bob and Charlene Nolan in California say, if you call him Dad. That took me aback. I had to get used to it. They would pray for us and they would say, Dad. (laughs) But if you call him your Heavenly Father, then I have good news for you. In your times of thick darkness, your Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Dad, is in your darkness with you. I took notes just a bit of your words of testimony. As you said at the piano, having come from apparently horrific childhood experiences, said he was always there. And this morning, friends, that is what I leave with you this morning. That is what I want you to get out of this. That whatever this afternoon brings to your lives, whatever kind of darkness, whatever kind of trouble, if he's your father, he's with you in it. That's the good news. As surely as he was in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children, he will be in your and my fiery trials. As sure as he was with Joseph in the darkness and the dampness of Egypt's dungeon, God will be with us in our little trials. As you said, reading about the voice of the martyrs, our stuff is like nothing. Like your motor that was half running in the bay there, Brother David, he told us about in the earlier service. What trouble. I almost brought my current issue of the voice of the martyrs with me. Young boy on the front page with his eye gouged out and his face covered with scars and a great big smile on his face. Those who hate Christianity had gouged out his eye and left him for dead. Somehow he had lived. He was still praising God. I don't know about trouble like that. And on the inside page is a, a, a young man there with his back turned to us. And his whole back was so burned and scarred, it looked like one great big tattoo. I feel almost ashamed to preach a sermon like this and talk about my trouble. You and I don't have any kind of, sort of, some of us at least. As surely as God was with Elijah... Back in the darkness of that cave to which he fled when Jezebel had vowed to take his head. As surely as God was there and finally spoke to him. Elijah 
in a small, still voice. Surely as he did, God is surely with us. And our Bibles are full of stories of the thick darkness where God was. I think about the two Marys who came to the tomb the first day of the week to anoint the body of their beloved Jesus. They even came while it was yet dark. But that was that darkness of the early morning was just it just kind of spoke of the greater darkness that filled their souls. They came, I feel sure, with their eyes red and swollen from weeping for the last three days or so. They came, I'm certain, with their hearts crushed all to pieces by the grief and the sorrow. But their beloved Jesus having been crucified and buried. Surely it was the blackest night that ever known. But you know the story. The risen Christ shattered their darkness. And came face to face with them saying, All hell and be not afraid. It was a thick darkness that morning where God was. And we have a multitude of God's promises To see us through difficult times. The discouraging and dark places that often encompass our lives. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, In that famous familiar passage, When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I know that was written written centuries ago, millenniums ago, but I believe it's an eternal truth, Brother David. I don't believe it's, I believe it's something we can plot our hearts today. Now, this verse don't mean that if you walk out to the river far enough, you won't drown. Talk about that. If you set your fire self on fire, you won't burn to death. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean that in our struggles to live for Him and our struggles to always do the right thing, when all around us sin and evil are flourishing and about to overwhelm us, it does mean He'll be there. And He'll give us strength to stand and to resist and to be faithful to Him. It will be a thick darkness where God is. The psalmist said in 27 to 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Micah said in 7 and 8, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. What a wonderful promise for us in the dark places that we often experience. But it's not just this morning our spiritual lives that are often enveloped in darkness. Again, also just plain, simple, everyday living in our physical existence. We're always very hard on the Israelites in the wilderness. I don't know anybody that ever heard preach that was had any sympathy for them. They were always grumbling and complaining and God would do one miracle after another and they'd still 
couldn't be satisfied, but we could be more understanding with them. We could walk in their shoes for a little while and see what a difficult and exhausting existence they had. Numbers 21 and 4 says about that. And they journeyed from Mount Hall by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And you're in my natural ups and downs in life often leave us enveloped in feelings of darkness and hopeless like Israel, much discourage. I remember, Brother David, the first time that I came here to preach at your church, you, you were just in such a thick darkness from everyday life that you just couldn't function. You called me up and said, I, I just can't preach. Can you come preach for me? And I filled in for you on that day and a little sermon called In the Meantime. But my message is this. Brother David, your testimony is this. It was a thick darkness where God was. Hallelujah. It was a thick darkness where God was. And Brother Jeff and Sister Veronica, I cannot imagine this morning in all my mind a thicker darkness, a blacker night than losing a son, a young son, with all the promise. I can't imagine life bringing a, a harder Darker moment to home, Amanda, than to lose your brother. Oh. All I do is just cry, oh, oh, oh. It's beyond my, imagine, my mind to imagine the grief. But Veronica and Jeff, I know your testimony this morning is, it was a thick darkness where God was. Somebody brought you through it, and somebody you're here this morning, somebody you still love him, and somebody you still worshiping him. The other children that he gave you. Think about Sister Elsie when you lost your husband. What a thick darkness it was. What terrible, terrible heartaches and feelings of hopelessness and, and helplessness smother our lives in just everyday living. But for the Christian, the thick darkness where God is. When you lost your father, Sister Sharon, what a hard time. The thick darkness where God is. And Sister Heather, you shared with us this morning in the earliest service about how difficult the summer had been, and you detailed some of the problems and the troubles. And I thought to myself, what darkness? What darkness? What sadness? Sister Heather, it's a thick darkness where God is and where He will be. He'll help you through it. Sister Sandy, way down in Florida this morning when you lost your precious mother. What a black night. So black it defies description. You wondered in your heart if you would ever see the light of day again. But all the time, Yahweh was in the darkness with you, carrying you and sustaining you. And your testimony this morning, Sister Sandy, to all of them in the chat room, it was a thick darkness. Where God was. In my own thick darkness this morning, you know too well. It will be five months tomorrow since I lost my precious angel. Since my sweet baby Sue passed. This morning, I never knew that the darkness 
could see, be so black. I didn't know that my heart could hurt so badly. I didn't know that sadness could be so sad. I didn't know that loneliness could be so lonely. I didn't know that grief could be so deep. That sorrow could so completely overwhelm and engulf your life. But now I know. Something else I know too. That my thick darkness has been thick darkness where God was. Where God still is this morning. And it's been like the beautiful poem called Footprints. Yeshua has carried me these past five months in his arms. And he still carries me this morning. And I want you to know, this is vitally important. I want you to know that very often you and I are the hands and the arms and the heart and the love of God in another's thick darkness. Well, on the one hand, my testimony this morning is, well, it could be kind of vague and ecclesiastical or whatever, and say, God's been in my thick darkness. On the other hand, this morning, you and others have been the light in my thick darkness. It has been your love and your care and concern for me, your encouragement that has sustained me. Your prayers that have lifted me. Your cards and letters and emails and phone calls and your encouraging words that have kept Brother Glenn going. Let us never forget that we are His hands extended to each other in the kingdom and to those others lost to whom He seeks to find. Others like that 13-year-old girl who came into your youth group, Sister Kathy, and you gave her that bear hug that made all the difference in life. We are his hands extended. And yet often in our hard places, there's only so much of the burden that anyone else can bear. You know, I, sometimes darkness is so personal. Sometimes it, it, others can't do but so much. How many people have said to me, I wish there was something I could do. But sometimes we're so limited. The scripture says in the Exodus where we're reading, while the Israelites stood afar off, Moses went in alone to the thick darkness of Mount Sinai. And this morning, if any man has a wonderful family, it's Brother Glenn. I realize that in the midst of my burden and my heartache and my darkness, my sadness, that, that I'm so blessed. But four children and four in-laws and, and 13 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren, and they all love the Lord and they all love me with all their hearts and I love them with all my hearts and, and, and I've been so blessed and, and these past five months, they've hovered over me like a mother hen with her chicks. I called Suzanne about an hour on the way up here today. I said, I beat you. I called her before she called me.
But Sister Brenda, when I pull back the covers tonight, when I go home, prepare to go to bed. My darling not going to be there on her side. My heart again cries, oh, oh, oh. Like Moses, I have to go alone. And like Moses, but but like Moses, and this is my sermon, but like Moses, I'm not alone. He went into the thick darkness where God was alone. My thick darkness is where God is, even in those moments when nobody can do anything to help me in it. Yours are the same, and I praise His holy name. I take hope in the promise of the psalmist. Brother Mike, weeping may endure for the night. There's your darkness season. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Some of you young people might not grasp my message. You hadn't had any hard times yet. I hope you have it. Weeping may endure for the night. Hallelujah. But joy cometh in the morning. I believe it. I believe it this morning. And I expect in my darkness today, I expect that I shall see daylight, Brother David. I expect that I shall see daylight again. But enough about my darkness. Whatever trouble and sorrow is in your life this morning, if you're his child, he cares for you. And he will be there in your darkness with you. Oh, the list of dark places could go on and on. It might be a shattered romance. And you just feel like you don't even want to live anymore. Broken hearted. It, it, it might be a broken home. Shattered your dreams. Might be a business failure. Just everyday, everyday life things that darken our journey. It may be a sick child or a loved one. Or even worse, maybe it might be a child sick with sin. You can't enjoy life thinking about your beloved offspring. It may be that you failed a course in school and you got to start all over, all over again. Your dreams and your plans are all messed up. Timetable is shot. Dark places. Dark places. Could be any of a thousand other things that bring heartache and trouble to our lives. No sins here. Just no trouble. Just life. Life has some hard places. Again, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I hope you never learn. But you young people this morning, you young people, I hope you never encounter the heartaches, the disappointments, the tragedies that crush lives. Are you listening to me? But if you do, if you do, remember this little sermon by this old worn out and unworthy preacher Know that if you're his child, if you call him dad, your black night will be a thick darkness where God is. While weeping may endure for the night, joy will come in the morning. And finally, listen, it is not imagination that invents God's presence when the seas of our lives get stormy. The darkness deepens. It is not the hallucination of cheap and wishful thinking that invents 
supernatural grace. It is a magnificent, divine reality. He will be with His children. He will be with you and me in the places of thick darkness that we encounter in our Christian journey. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that somehow our hearts will be encouraged and uplifted by Your Word. With the realization, Lord, that wherever we go, we can't get away from You. You're there with us. Even in our sins, You you, you creep along in the shadows, wooing us back to Yourself. But as we have preached this morning in the everyday circumstances of life, when we've got church trouble or family trouble or job trouble or school trouble or health trouble or whatever it is, it becomes our dark place for the moment. But if you're having a father and me and your child, you're in it with us. It's a thick darkness where you are. Let these thoughts this morning go with us and encourage us in our daily walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.